Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live Patriots beat. I'm Ryan Spagnoli. Joined with me, Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. Barth, obviously day 12 happened today, but finally we get into the, you know, the, the meat of camp with joint practices set for the next two days with the Carolina Panthers coming to town, finished off with a, obviously a preseason game Friday night. Want to touch a little bit on today's practice, you know, lighter, probably more of a lighter day, considering it's going to be a a physical week for them, especially the next two days with a lot of these ones running against each other. Um, Anything stood out? I know the coordinators and the, the, the offense, the the assistant coaches spoke today. Uh, Anything you can kind of pull from that? I know we know as much as anybody, they don't give us much. Yeah. Uh, But anything you found in there, I guess just the overall baseline of practice. Yeah. Today really felt like a, a pregame like walkthrough, like the kind of practice you'd have on a Friday before a Sunday game. That's how they're treating these joint practices. They value these tremendously. Bill Belichick before practice talked about the value in this. He said that in some ways, the joint practices are more valuable than the preseason games themselves when it comes to both evaluation and development. So I think today was really about being ready for what they're going to see Tuesday and Wednesday, non-padded practice shorts and shells. The one interesting thing for me today was Isaiah Wynn was out again and he's now missed three practices in a row and he might have been limited for the last one he took part in I don't remember exactly but it's been a while since we've seen Isaiah Wynn right and I go back to that column or I go back to the the comments Thursday night from Bill after the game Yodney Kajuice is having the best camp he's ever had well that's your right tackle now with Isaiah Wynn out I wonder if things could get tight there Right. If 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 could if wins sell out and Kajuice has a big week, are we suddenly talking about, well, what kind of value can you get for Win? He's in the last year of his deal, things like that. I'm not saying I'm trading Isaiah Win off what I saw today. That's absolutely I know people will read it as that. They should not read it as that. But if we're doing takeaways from today, and there's really not a ton of football takeaways, if we're doing football takeaways from today, it's that Win hasn't been out there and you're getting to the point now that it's uh you know, starting to starting to stretch a little tight. Yeah, well, I mean, you don't want to go there yet, right? But if this no. continues to trend that way, you know, we saw the same thing with with Sony Michelle last year. Obviously, they had a much they had much more depth at the running back position, right? Um, than they do at tackle, right? They, they don't have a Ramondre Stevenson if they want to right. move on from. Or, they don't have or, that equivalent. You know, James White. They had Brandon Bolden, who who right. obviously took on a role. They had Damian Harris, right? So it's it's comparing apples to oranges, but. Like you said, if Kajus keep continues to or Kajust, I it's Kajust. I think that's how you're supposed to say it, right? Is it? It might be. You might be right, actually. Yeah. I, it's we haven't seen him, so we wouldn't know. But if he continues to to thrive at right tackle, right? You know, 
I think there's too much value in, in letting him walk, especially considering, um, or I don't want to say letting him walk, trading him, right? It's the last year of his deal. You can kind of get what, what you can out of him and then maybe readdress the position in the offseason. But um, if the biggest problem with him has been staying on the field. It's been his biggest right. issue since he's came to New England, and it's con- it's continuing to happen, right? So, um, yeah, that's an interesting – and the Panthers have a good front. So, Justin and Brown and that offensive line yeah. – Time to put their big boy pants on for a big week because this is this is a good test for them. You saw them give them pressure, uh, a lot of problems last year down in Carolina. Um, so this yeah. would be a good test for this unit. Yeah, I mean, if we want to start getting in, I, I think that's enough on today's practice. If we want to start getting into like the joint practice preview, right? I would start there, the offensive operation. We've seen them take some strides, I think, offensively. The communication looked better today up front. But, you know, I have it right here. Derek Brown, seventh overall pick. Brian Burns, def- uh, you know, Pro Bowler last year. Yetter Gross Matos was the top 50 pick a year ago. Matt Ioannidis is a guy who's a veteran who's been in this league, who's had success. That's their that's their four up front. That's a really good group. And that's that's inside. You know, Brown's a nose. You've got Burns on the outside. Everybody's going to get tested. Can they commute? And it's not just the offensive line. I mean, it's Mac and the backs and everybody, too. It's not just can they physically block them. It's the communication. That's first and foremost. Can they set this up? Can they, you know identify where Burns is. Can they set their protections right? And then after that, I think Cole Strange and Derek Brown is a really fascinating head-to-head. I think Trent, for different reasons, Trent Brown and and Brian Burns is a really fascinating head-to-head. And and Brian Burns and Mac Jones after last year, right? Oh, that's right. A little stir stir the pot a little bit, right? Does he have to watch his back a little bit? Is he going to be coming in a little hot? I don't think so. Um, But it's something to watch for. Yeah, no, I'd say Gross Matos on the other side, like we just talked about. We don't know what it's going to look like at right tackle. This is a really is going to be a really good test for the Patriots. Uh, I don't want to say offensive line because it's the blocking scheme as a whole, as I talked about with Mac Jones and the communication. But it's just going to be a really good test of what the Patriots do up front offensively. And I think this team needs this kind of test, and we're going to learn a lot. Yeah, I think, too, you know, sticking on the offense, it's a good opportunity for these guys to go up against uh, you know, JC Horn top pick last year. I know he didn't play much last year. That was kind of why they swung the deal for Gilmore. Um, but one thing we wanted to talk about, and it, we can get right into it, Tyquan yeah. Thornton and Kalon Bar- Barnes. Uh, I forget what round Barnes was picked in, but Seven. two Baylor guys. Uh, Barnes ran the 4-2-3, Thornton ran the 4-2-8. Obviously guys that are probably super familiar with each other going against each other for you know X amount of years at Baylor. Uh, I think that's a, this is a good test too for, you know, kind of spreading it out a little bit. Uh, some of these guys to go up against, you know, other corners, right? Because they we didn't, they didn't play Thursday night, um, facing off against a, a you know a decent I, Carolina. Say what you want about them, they had a. I don't have their splits in front of me, but um, up front they can get to the quarterback, right? And that obviously makes you know the right. secondary's job a lot easier. Um, they might surprise people this year with how good that defense can be. I think that more of their question marks are on offense surrounding their quarterback situation and can Christian McCaffrey finally stay healthy right. and who's their number one, right? But defensively, um, this could be a really good unit they go up against. And, and if you remember last year, obviously the Giants were a train wreck, but the year right. prior, they had a really good defense. And that's I think that's when that quarterback competition, not to get off track, with Mac Jones and Cam Newton kind of started to, to, you know, Mac started to pull away. Uh, he had right. a really good week and, and finished off with a, with a nice, uh, you know, a game to finish off the preseason. Um, you know, this is where camp, you know, spots are won for some of those bubble guys, which we can get into. But um, I don't want to 
obviously it's the only football to talk about right now in terms of the Patriots, but it yeah. is meaningful because this is where those bubble guys, right. That we've been talking about. Uh, this is where you can really earn your spot. No, this is it. I mean, if you're going to wait and just based off how I believe they operate, right. If you're going to wait, how much they value the different settings over the summer in terms of making roster decisions, depth chart decisions, right. I think joint practices might be the heaviest. I would go probably joint practices 40. And, and I got to make sure my math is right here. Cause I'm going to, this is going to add up to like 95% or 102% <laughs> or something. I would go joint practices, 40% preseason games, 35%. That gets me to what 75. Yeah. That's probably about right. And then I would say probably 20%, the individual padded practices. And then like 5% the non padded practices when it's just them. Like that's how I break it up. This is, I don't know that it's half the grade, these joint practices, but I think it's close. I think it's close. And I think it's, if it's not the biggest piece of the pie, it's tied with the preseason games for the biggest piece of the pie. So no, this is, I, I mean, going back to when I was doing the shows with John, right. And even going back to the spring with Evan, there was a lot of, yeah, it seems like this, but we have to wait and see, right. We were doing it with Trey Nixon. We were doing it with Mac. We were doing it with Tyquan Thornton. Like, yeah, he's doing this now, but he still has to check this box. He still has to check this box. He still has to check this box, right? We're not going to know until this is what it was all building towards. This is where it all locks in now. There's no more pushing it down the road. There's no more back burner. There's no more. Well, let's see what happens when. This is it. This is when it's decided. This is when all that, you know, people say I hedge my takes by saying, well, you know, I think this, but we really don't know until the joint practices. We're not hedging takes anymore. Like this is. If we've said it now, this is it. This is real. This is as close as you're going to get until we get to the regular season. and actually starts to really matter. Yeah, and I think this is a good question here from Court, right? Can you explain why they go out all yeah. in joint practices, not in the actual preseason games? This so, is actually, it's going to be interesting to see how the offense looks, right? Because Yeah, we can leave that up here when we talk about it. They're, they're not going to they're not going to show anything right in the preseason game. What did they run? The same personnel grouping out yeah. like 93% of the time on Thursday night, right? They're not going to show that on TV, get actual film on it here in practice. This is where you can actually roll out what your, what your scheme is going to look like week one and, and start to, um, you know, put some game type situations on the field, uh, which is why I think it's, it's a huge week for the offense because of how much they've struggled to this point and it'll be a big test for them. So um, that, that's the biggest thing for me is how is this offense going to work versus a really good front? Uh, and what are some of these little things that they're, they're tweaking in, in this new offense, right? The Shanahan, we've talked about it multiple right. times. Are we actually going to see it? Right. Cause there'll be, it'll be physical. It'll be, they don't hit each other. I mean, you, we, we watch practice same team. They're not going to hit each other. These guys, it'll get physical out there. Yeah. And I would say too, I, I don't know that I'd characterize it as not going all out. I think when you're looking at like individual player evaluations, the preseason games hold a, a ton of value. The thing with the joint practices, and, and Bill talked about this this morning, you can basically, so this comes in terms of full unit evaluation and also development. You can basically set up a situation you want, not know what's coming on the other side and repeatedly rep against that, right? You can say, all right, I want to see how we react on a third and five in the two minute drill when the defense is in some sort of zone coverage and you don't know the zone coverage, but some sort of zone coverage, right? So you can rep that against players unfamiliar with your scheme against a scheme you're unfamiliar with, and you can do it five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times in a row 
to see how it looks and how repeatable it is, right? There are certainly situational elements in preseason games that you get, but they're not guaranteed, right? Like Bill was raving, oh, we got a two-minute drill against the Giants. Like, that was huge. You're not guaranteed that. So you get full-level competition against new competition, but it's in a controlled environment. And also the controlled environment element of it, it can be – guys can still get hurt. It's football anytime, but the injury risk is a little lower. And I knock on what as I say that. The injury risk is a little lower. So I wouldn't say that they're just like – I, I don't, and I, I don't know if I, if, if you're not trying to go this way with the question, but I've seen people go this way. Other people go this way. It's not like they're dogging it in the preseason games. That's not what it is. It's just, I think you're afforded some really unique opportunities to replicate real football within parameters you can set up on your own. That just, that doesn't exist in the preseason game. It doesn't exist when you practice against yourself. It's the only time you can do this in their incredibly valuable reps. So that that's why they put so much value in these practices. Right. And, and getting to that game like situation, you know, yeah. the and, play and it's bad too. Like there'll be stuff like we'll probably see refs at practice tomorrow. Like oh, you yeah, normally see that there. for joint practice, like stuff yep. like that. But I think the other thing too, sticking on offense, yeah, the play calling situation. It's the biggest I guess we're gonna headline learn about that. Yep. Camp, right. Like what are we going to see from that? We saw, you know, one, you know, what was it? Patricia was with Hoyer and judge was with Zappi. Now with Mac in there and the starting offense, how is this going to be relayed? Right. Cause obviously they asked Corey about it after the game. He's like, I just, whatever's in my helmet, I call the play, right. They're not going to give us right. much, but this is probably the closest thing we'll see to regular season action on how they'll handle this. I don't know if you have a take on maybe what what's going on or what it will look like, but uh, I think that's fascinating too. Yeah, no, I I mean, I think that's pretty much it. I think this is, like I said before, this is the closest you're going to get, even maybe closer compared to some preseason action. This is the closest you're going to get to simulating what's going to happen on a game day, on like a regular season game day. So you're going to want to act as close as you would to a regular season game day. That means what I think it's safe to assume, and we don't know what's going on inside the building, but we don't know that. So we can only go with what we're seeing. I think it's safe to say, what we see from the play caller these two days is what the plan is for the regular season. And whether that's just Patricia and then it's okay, well, it's Patricia, whether it's Patricia and judge alternating. And maybe that means that's the plan for the regular season, or maybe that means they haven't figured it out yet. And they're still testing it and they want to test it in this setting. I think it's fair to put a ton of stock into that. I really do. All right, real quick, we want to take a pause and tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. And of course, the Patriots Beat Podcast and the entire CLNS Media Network is powered by Bet Online. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. They have it all. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our code CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, the code is CLNS50. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Right. And, and, I don't know if you want to get into anything else um, offensively, but I think defensively. Well, I would uh, just, we, so a, a couple things offensively. You mentioned, Thornton. well, I'll, I'll do this first because it's in the chat. Bailey Zappi looking panicked last week. He looked panicked early. He actually settled down really well. I thought he did too. Day. He made some nice throws. I, yeah. 
he, look, he wasn't amazing at the beginning of that game, but I thought he settled down really well. I think he wasn't no Jarrett Stidham in week one of the preseason in Detroit, but he was he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and we he might all be the remember... best preseason player, by the way. He's having Stidham? a hell of a preseason in well, Vegas. Yeah, Danny Etling <laughs> had that seventy-eight. Oh, you're talking about like overall? Okay, yeah, no, I, yeah, I think overall year. there's stuff to work on. I think overall you should come away happy with with what Bailey Zappi did. And yeah, they blitzed him a ton, which was weird. Yeah. The one other thing I want to talk about offensively when it comes to Tyquan Thornton. So you mentioned before, he's going to get to go against Kalon Barnes, another elite speed guy. They, they matched up against each other at Baylor. That's not it for Tyquan Thornton. The biggest question for him. And, and I know some people who watch this show think this isn't a big question regarding Thornton. And if you don't believe it is, that's totally fine. But a significant part of the discourse around Thornton for, for right or wrong was how is he going to, be able to perform with his frame against fit big physical corners, whether it's pressing him at the line, whether it's battling for the ball down the field. Well, you, you look at the Panthers corners here. I mean, they got two top 10 picks and CJ Henderson and JC Horn. Those are big physical guys, right? They got some safeties, Jeremy chin. He's going to be able to kind of knock Tyquan Thornton around the really interesting guy. I want to see Tyquan Thornton go against though, is a fifth round pick from 2021, a guy named Keith Taylor. Six three one ninety five, like he's the guy. They're talking about him, and remember the Panthers are in the the NFC South. They're talking about him, like he's the guy. He's your, uh, you know, uh, why am I blanking? Fourteen for for Tampa, Chris. Why am I blanking his name? The receiver Godwin. Oh, Chris. He's your right. He's your Chris Godwin stopper. He, you know, that big fast receiver. This is the guy you're putting on him. So. Between all those corners, Henderson, Horn, Barnes as well, Taylor, there's a lot. Thank you for pointing out. I can't believe I just blanked on that. It's been that I thought you were talking about 2014. I'm like 6'3", no. 195. You're talking Brandon Browner? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying like with. as a matchup guy, right? Right, right. And not to compare Taquan Thornton and Chris Godwin. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But like these are the kind of corners that Taquan Thornton's going to see in games. Until he proves that he can beat them, like a burner like that, who's six, three, you don't fight him with speed because he's probably faster than your fastest guy. His speed is so elite. The general consensus is will you put a big guy on him and try to bully him out of the game. If he can prove he can beat that, then he starts getting the speed matchups and he's going to be faster than most of the speed matchups. And that's how you build like a legit number one wide receiver, like resume and blueprint, right? Or he's going to get doubles and it's going to open things up for other guys. This is the first step in how do you stop this guy? It's, well, we probably can't outrun him, so let's just try to beat him up and see what happens. If he can beat these guys, it really opens the door for the Patriots offense, and then you start talking about him. Then he enters the category, and this is the phrase everybody wants to hear because it's what the Patriots haven't had in five or six years. Then it opens the door for matchup nightmare talk, right? So let's not get ahead of ourselves, but I think you can start to kind of see some of that this week. And right, we talk. He's checked every box, right, from the spring yep. to and, camp. And here to comes more boxes. One. This is it for him. You talked about checking those boxes. Um, this is a big opportunity for him, right? Because you saw the report last week from Doug Kide about Nelson Aguilar potentially being, yep. you know, that odd man out. And you know, how do you fit? Right, there, there's going to be some. We talk. We could talk about all day this wide receiver kind of competition between that four, five, six spot. You know, if if Thornton can give you a little bit more, maybe than you would thought on draft night. How do you keep a guy like that off the field that can present that much of right. a, a nightmare for defenses, right? Like, I think right. 
Nelson Aguilar is probably ahead of him. It's all changes in terms of personnel and what they want to do. Um, but I, I have a problem with giving Nelson Aguilar more snaps because he's more expensive than Tyquan Thornton if he's ready to play. Right? I'm it not will, saying roll Bills, him out there. He's going to have 10 catches week one. But if he can, you know, like you said, if you can check all those boxes in terms of the types of corners you're going to go up against, the sky's the limit and you got to find right. a way to get him on the field. In Bills, for better or worse, I think some people love this about – I love this about Bill. Some people hate this about Bill. He doesn't care where you're getting paid. He doesn't care where you were drafted. Right. Oh, yeah. If you're the better player, he's going to put you in. Look at perfect example at the same position. They used a first-round pick on Nikhil Harry, the first first-round receiver Bill had ever taken. But Jacoby Myers was the better player, and he got the opportunities as an undrafted guy. Like, I'm not worried. If Thornton's truly better, I'm not worried about him not getting snaps. To me, it, it it's a matter of – Devontae Parker's had his injury issues. Thornton's kind of on the slimmer side. Are you worried about him getting beat up? We've, we've even seen Aglor at times get beat up in his career. Like, it's not necessarily about, well, you can't keep Aglor because Thornton needs to play it because. I mean, they have the cap space, right? It's not like. It's right. Not it, it more so becomes. Financial issues. Well, if you move Aglor, you're worried about how thin you are at wide receiver, right? Then what happens if you lose Parker? Do we, are you going to wish you had him? And then. And then you get into, well, is Trey Nixon or Lil Jordan Humphrey or Christian Wilkerson showing you enough? And that's my roster projections out right now, 98.5thesportsub.com. I kind of address some of that. Uh, you get into that conversation. But I'm not, I'm not too, if Thornton proves it, and again, he's been great. He's still got some boxes to check. This is a huge week for him to check those boxes. Uh, if he does continue to check them, I'm not worried about them not putting him on the field. I don't think that will be an issue. Right. Um, and kind of on the, the defensive side now, yeah. right? We saw last week, um, and really all camp, Juwan Bentley didn't play. He's the, Gerard Mayo said it today, and that's his room. He's the leader of the room. Um, yeah. He's kind of your prototypical, he's going to be right in the middle, probably wearing the green dot, the leader of that, that, that front seven. Um, but I think the biggest thing that they've put an emphasis on this offseason was speed, speed, and athleticism. We've been calling for it for years, and I think uh, that Bills game was just the – like, wow, they really need right. this. And they roll out on, on Thursday night, McMillan, uh, Uche, Jennings, and Mac Wilson. Um, right? ton of speed. You right. saw, you know, they were covering extremely well, and I think that's going to help them when they face these teams with elite pass-catching backs. Well, the best one when he's healthy, there's no questions, Christian McCaffrey. He's healthy. He's going to practice. I think that's a big um, test for them early on to see how they can match up and how much – really, like I said, faster. Could you imagine, like, flashback to last year, if they had the same joint practice and he was healthy, he would have ran all over them. Oh, yeah. Like Kyle Van Noy, Jamie Collins, it would have just been matchup nightmare. But I think this year... Well, remember how so relieved we, we all seen. were. He was he was a game-time decision for that game in Carolina. Right. And people yep. were swinging their picks based on whether or not he would play. I would throw into this, too, and he's not... McCaffrey's probably the best pass-catching back in the league. Certainly is now that James White's retired. I... Uh, actually... Alvin Kamara's up there. It's those two. It's Kamara and McCaffrey. Yeah, for sure. I but, think McCaffrey, when he's healthy, is, there's, sure. there's nobody better. I McCaffrey might be more consistent. Kamara has those games where he's like, right. oh, oh yeah. he's special. But um, Chuba Hubbard's a really capable pass catching back, too. And I just think overall, the linebackers, the, the safeties, they're going to be tested in that regard. And I think that's an area they need to be tested. So I, that, you know, Mac Wilson, Raquan McMillan, Anthony Jennings. I think even Jabril Peppers, you know, we haven't seen a ton of him. I think he's still maybe working his way back from that knee injury last year, that torn ACL. We're going to learn a lot about that group this week. 
And did he tear it in camp, or was it like early in the no, year? No, it was. I think it was Week late three? September, early October, because he played right, yeah, last so he, year. I mean, he's yeah. definitely had a schedule. I know these things aren't the year, the sixteen months that we're used to, but remember, he's what eleven months out now, so he's right. probably close. But at the same time, he's a veteran. He's somebody that's going to help you. There's no sense of kind of risking him and throwing him out there, but he, he'll help versus you know these types of matchups. Um, you know, when the guns start firing and it's time for some real football. But yeah, I, I, I liked what I saw from Mac Wilson. I think that's a guy that, you know, obviously the swap was great for both teams for great players. I think both those guys kind of needed some, a fresh start. But if you remember when he came out, he was a fifth round pick, I believe out of Bama. Was it a fifth or a sixth? Fifth. It was, I, he was a, fifth. I thought fourth right. or fifth. So if we both think fifth is probably fifth, right? Yeah. And, and, I think there was a report, and you'd have to pull it up, but Saban was almost – Fifth round pick. Not disappointed, but I think that was a guy that w- probably would have benefited from another year at Alabama. Could have, you know, turned into a, a you know, a, yeah. a first round pick or an early day two pick, but he left early and had a tough – those guys typically when they come here can kind of figure it out. So I think that's a guy that um, might have a huge role on this defense and somebody that, you know, I'm talking Bruins terms, but like your seventh player award type of – of player for them. Um, somebody that kind of over exceeds expectations. Uh, he, he might turn into their, their true chess piece linebacker that we've kind of been itching for the last few years. Right. The thing is that team still had just, just as to why he left that team still had uh, Christian Dylan Miller, Moses. that team had Dylan Moses. Right. And I believe Dylan Moses was healthy that year. It's not necessarily that he needed another year to develop. He just never got in the spotlight. Right. So and I, actually they had Anthony Jennings too. He never got in the spotlight, right? So there wasn't as much tape on him. If he had stayed one more year, Christian Miller graduated that year. So he would have been a starter the next year, that 2019 team. And yeah, he probably would have been a top 50 pick. You just never fault a guy for, for wanting the money. Oh, no, to get paid. no, but I'm yeah. saying like, but, no, you're absolutely right. Maturing now, you know, he, he really is. And, and he, he's a guy that I know was like one of, we talked about Bill's guys in terms of players, right? Saban does the same thing, and he was supposedly one of Saban's guys, and I think that's part of the reason Saban was disappointed he left early. I, I have no problem having high hopes for Mac Wilson. I, I really think he's going to be something for them. Uh, it's flipping over to corner. I think this is another interesting spot, like wide receiver, right? A lot of um, snaps to be made outside your kind of top two. We've seen John Jones bump outside. Uh, you, you have to you, you assume since he played li- zero snaps on Thursday night, Marcus Jones probably projects as your week one starting slot corner with what he's shown in right. camp. And like I said, a telltale factor is, hey, he didn't play on Thursday, which means they're like what they see. Um, but Sean Wade has looked good. He looked good Thursday night. Jawan Williams has had a tough camp. You know, this is kind of a make or break it year for him. We've been saying it since, you know, the 2019 draft, whenever he was uh, picked behind Nikhil Harry. Um, I'm blanking on some guys, but then, you know, Jack Jones, how, how is he? He's a very aggressive. I think we saw it on Thursday. He's very aggressive. aggressive right? He's so, going to be, and we you got to hold it. on Those tight good with him. Quarterbacks are going to, uh, they'll, they'll one little fake and he's done, right? He's going to yeah. get toasted. He's That's just got to see who, some more football. Yeah. Malcolm Butler too. So these, this is a good test this week too. Uh, for these corners to earn those, you know, earn snaps. We talked about it last week that that's a competitive position that's seen a ton of turnover in the last few years. It's time for some of these younger guys um, to kind of step up. Miles Bryant, another one. I know he's probably more as a safety, but we saw him play in the slot a little bit last yeah. year. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a good test. You know, I just go down the, the, the depth chart here. Robbie Anderson, Rashad Higgins, Tar- Higgins, 
Terrace Marshall, DJ Moore, Charleston Rambo's a guy I really liked in the draft, Shai Smith. Like, they've got – not all those bag. guys are necessarily stars, but, like, those are all guys that can play and are going to test the corners. Like, those are guys baseline you should be able to cover, right? We've wondered about some of these guys. Is Malcolm Butler ready? And I'm not saying the Patriots don't have those guys, but I think at a certain point you face the same guys over and over again. You get used to tendencies. Like, for those fringe guys, and the way I look at it right now, and again, I posted my roster projection this morning, 985thesportsub.com, and I touched on this. I think between Malcolm Butler, Miles Bryant, and Sean Wade, I think those three guys, and if you want to throw in Juwan Williams, you can, if you still think he has a shot by default. I think it's those three or four guys competing for one spot at corner. Like, I really think that's what it's going to come down to. So this is a huge week for that competition. Yeah, and it's kind of similar to wide receivers. They probably carry a little bit more because some of those guys uh, on the back end will probably contribute a little bit more on special teams, right. but you have to, f- you have to figure Jalen Mills, well, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, and John Jones. It's a tongue twister. They're right. all locks. They're going to play. Terrence, gonna and be... Terrence Mitchell. And Terrence Mitchell. Right. So that's so there's five. five right there. That's five. So, so that's where I get that last spot. To, right. And then does that knock them, you know, the, then you can kind of get into the, the, the gymnastics with it in terms of, Oh, maybe they'll carry an extra receiver, but they have to let go of another corner. So I, I like that one one spot for those guys. Like you said, maybe they carry a little bit more. Um, but if I had to go off what I've seen so far, I think it's probably Sean Wade. Younger player has shown some sort of promise, seemed to, to develop a little bit after spending most of the year last year on the practice squad. Um, and I think he's looked the best, right? It'd be Malcolm Butler is probably the most tenured and veteran guy who might be able to help you more early on when you're kind of in that um, – you know, see what you are type of football team. But I think in the long haul, a guy like Sean Wade might be able to help you not only towards the back half of this year, but going forward. So the one thing I wonder, and and Wade, if Wade makes it, like all these guys give you something different, right? If Wade makes it, it's his versatility, like you said. He can play on the outside, on the boundary. He's he's pretty good at both. I, you know, going beyond that, you mentioned Miles Bryant. He gives you some versatility in terms of he can play in the slot. He can play some safety. You talk about, well, can he give you enough on special teams to make it? And we talk about this all the time, all the time with Patriots bubble guys. Was he going to give you enough in the kicking game? This one almost feels like the opposite, right? Where they have two elite punt returners in Marcus Jones and Jabril Peppers. I don't know that Miles Bryant being a good punt returner, and he did look good Thursday night. But I don't know that him being an elite punt returner gets him on the team. Maybe if he's Especially covering when you have kicks, Marcus Jones. story. Well, no, that's what when I'm saying, Marcus. right? So yeah. I think he, he it's normally we say, well, yeah, okay, he gives you something on defense, but can he give you something in the kicking game because he's not really going to play on defense? This is the other way around. I think he gives you something in the kicking game. Does he give you enough on defense? And then with, with Malcolm Butler and my roster projection, I have Malcolm Butler as the guy from the three on. I think Sean Wade's been really good. He was a tough cut for me. But if you take Malcolm Butler off, that's a young group. That's a really young your most your most tender guy is John Jones, who's learning. I don't want to say learning, but he's in a new but, spot. No, he's playing a new position. No, you right. can say that. Yeah, he's, like playing he's playing a new outside. position. Jalen Mills, your other corners. It's his second year. Terrence Mitchell is first. It's a young group. And, you know, I look at the way they broke up the teams for that in-stadium practice two weeks ago. We talked about, you know, the blue team seemed like the roster locks. Malcolm Butler was on the blue team. He didn't play a ton in the preseason opener, he played pretty much about as ter- as much as Terrence Mitchell, who we think is a roster lock. I I just I from I don't I'm not saying I would pick Butler. I would probably lean Sean Wade here, but 
I, I think right now, based on what I'm observing within the building, I think Malcolm Butler for now has that last spot. I don't think it's locked up. I totally think it could change. Like I said, there's the veteran angle matters, but I think Sean Wade or Miles Bryant could be good enough that they say, you know what? We've got veteran safeties. We'll just go young at corner, and that's what it is. Like, I wouldn't put it past them. But for right now, I, I, I think it's Malcolm Butler. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. And I spent, like I said, this week will be a big test for guys like Wade. How much did, you know, the year off affect Malcolm Butler? Little things like that that you can kind of pull away. Because, you know, we'll be talking tomorrow about, right. oh, yeah, Malcolm Butler got toasted three times, right? But, you know, made a nice play. And like that, but that's Sean Wade, right? Like, it, it's it, just right assumption at this point. No, but that's the thing. Like, if, if Malcolm Butler gets toasted tomorrow and Sean Wade is a great practice, I that might be something where, okay, my next roster projection is going to look a little different. Like, again, I said it at the beginning of the show. No more hedging takes. No more, yeah, he looked good, but we need to see him at this and that. No, this is when we need to see him. This is it. So, yeah, no, I, I, it's totally still up for grabs, and I think this week goes a long way. And, and next week, too, against the Raiders, that's where I'll hedge the take. There are four joint practices. We're not putting all the stake into just one of them. It's the four collectively. But, yeah, no, tomorrow I think there's a chance to make some big observations. Right, and I think, um, you know, we kind of went into this show a lighter day in terms of practice and kind of gearing up for some of these key matchups tomorrow. Um but I don't know if you want to classify this as the Boston Sports Minute, but I wanted to talk about... No, this is still Patriots. The Boston Sports Minute is just Bruins, Celtics, Red okay. Sox, right, maybe that's Revs. Fine. I'm learning. Maybe uh, BC if it's football. No, 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 because this is good. We should figure this out. I think BC if it's football still qualifies as Patriots beat. Yeah, we'll see how they are this year. We'll make it draft related. I'm a big Phil Dracovic guy. I think if we were getting to like events happening in Boston, maybe I don't know. This is this right now. What you're going to say is still definitely Patriots beat. Yeah. I just, I wanted to get your take on it. Cause it's, if you look at Twitter, right? Like you have CD lamb, whatever. He was like 93. And whoever, yeah. if you take stock in it, whatever, I really don't. I just, I enjoy it because it's it being the NFL top 100 list and it's voted on by the players and, and the coaches. So, it, you know, they, they see it as much as we do. They, they see it from a, you know, a much different eye. They're on the field, right? Like, so, there is some stock to take in it, but people are all up in arms. Mac Jones being ranked 85, I, I I don't have an issue with that. I think considering his rookie year, you saw what a lot of his peers said about him. But if you look at Twitter, it's like, you know, CD Lamb 93, Odell was like 90. They have like 200 retweets. Odell played half the season. And and no, but and Mac Jones has like 3,000 combined retweets, <laughs> quote tweets, like 1500 replies it just makes people so mad i don't I, I don't understand it and obviously it's i'm sure the players don't mean they don't take too much stock and i guess maybe it depends on what position but he surely doesn't care if he's ranked 85 or 285 that's just the type of guy he is but it, it blows my mind how aggravating it and it mostly comes from a lot of the bills fans who i respect because they've they're so passionate uh but they're so no. mad about that primarily primarily bills fans it seems like no, I, what's your I, take I, on it? Because the like, Bills fans don't know what they're talking. Here's the thing: the Bills fans will come out today and say, "Oh, it doesn't matter. It's all BS. It doesn't count. Max sucks." And then when Josh Allen ends up the highest ranked quarterback of all the quarterbacks on the list, the list will be gospel and bubble. Right? Yeah. You know, one through eighty-four, perfect. Eighty-five and below, a travesty. It should be deleted. Like, because that's just how Bills fans think. They don't know what they're watching. Everything's Josh Allen. They will put down other players on their own team who play well. If they think it means giving more credit to Josh Allen, it's absurd. As for Mac at 85, I'm surprised he was on the list. Not because I don't think he deserves it. I just didn't know 
he had this kind of respect around the NFL. I really didn't. I didn't think he was. And look, he's a quarterback of the Patriots. He's visible. But in that sense, I didn't think he was visible enough to to get to this point. I it it surprised me in a good way. There's real, and you mentioned it's. Vo- I don't think it's coaches. I think it's just players. It could be. Yeah, I know it's. It, it's obviously the players. I did see coaches somewhere, but it, you know. Okay, I I thought it was just play. Either way, it works. I thought it was just players. But the point being, there's respect for him around the league, and if we're gonna freak out about a, and this is where we kind of cross sports here, and maybe get into the boss sports minute. If we're gonna freak out about reports that the Miami Heat have people in their front office who love Jalen Brown which of course they do. They're basketball executives. He's a good player. doesn't mean that they need to go out and trade for him. Yeah. Other NFL players thinking Matt Jones is a top 100 player. There's, I mean, that says something. I, I, it's, it's not purely, you know, predictive of future success. I wouldn't say that, but what he did last year, he, people noticed. And you're not seeing, I, I can't imagine at this point, because I think they're through the top 50 now. Yeah, because Judon was 52, yep. uh, which is also probably about right. I might have him a little higher. We didn't see Trevor Lawrence on the list. We didn't see Zach Wilson on the list. And I was told coming into the season, Zach Wilson was the guy that, yeah, Mac had a great rookie year, but Zach Wilson's about to take this leap and they've got him weapons and a coach and everything. Meanwhile, I don't know. Did you see what Garrett Wilson said today? I did not. What did he say? They asked, he was asked the difference between Zach Wilson and Joe Flacco. We're, it's 2022. Elite, is he We're still, still talking about Joe Flacco. So wait. So he was asked the difference between Garrett, between Zach Wilson, second overall pick, and the remnants of Joe Flacco. And he said, this is a direct, he said, well, with Joe Flacco, this isn't a direct quote, but he said, with Joe Flacco, he knows where to put the ball. And then he said, Joe throws a wide receiver friendly ball. That's a direct quote. Joe Flacco throws a wide receiver friendly ball. Now, remember the question. He wasn't asked, what do you think of Joe Flacco? He was asked, what's the difference between Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson? So I don't know. You tell me, Ryan, you tell me in the chat. Am I going too far? And to say into reading into that, to say that, or or maybe the injuries a lot worse and they have to gear up. No, no, no. I wouldn't say that. But I would say, am I reading too far into that and saying Zach Wilson does not flow, throw a wide receiver friendly ball? And this this is not new. There have been reports out of Jets camp that Joe Flacco's been the better quarterback. Could you imagine, oh, yeah. Ryan? Could you imagine the, the S storm we would get around here if Tyquan Thornton was asked the difference between Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer <laughs> and just the entire answer was only complimenting Brian oh. Hoyer? Can you imagine the Mets? So to get back to the point, Zach Wilson was the guy that we were told put the league on notice and did enough late in the season. It had the flashes that he was about to take off. Well, Zach Wilson's peers didn't think so. Other NFL players didn't think so, but they thought Mac Jones did. Cause some of this is, it is a little projecting. It is mostly, you know, what did they do in 2021? But some of it is, you know, looking forward to 2022. Who do you think will be good? I'll put stock into this. I'm fine. And look, if Josh Allen is wrongfully voted the best quarterback, I guess I will have to put stock into that too. I'm take hand. I'm, I'm take hand cuffing myself here, but I am totally fine putting stock into this. Not everything, but you can put some stock into this. Right. Yeah. And, and it's based on last year. So if you're going to go on quarterbacks, I'd probably have Davis mills right behind. Well, no, Matt Jones. Some of it, some of it is, is supposedly predictive, like, you know, going into this season. Right. So. 
Yeah. I'm just saying I would you you probably heard it too. Zach Wilson, another one, Tua, right? Oh, well, yeah. that he was really rough last year. You can't have him for last year. But Zach Wilson, I was told Zach Wilson did enough at the end of last season and had these flashes in games. And Ryan, I mean, there's me. no you question me not, to, not to make the whole show about him, but there's flashes. He has a ton of talent. Right? I and it's I I so you weren't here last year. Items my you've sixth never been a big in that draft. Guy. Even we were my about sixth it. quarterback in that draft. You did, I did. So I'm just like I was told there were enough flashes last year, but now he's getting beat out by. For exaggeration, a 36-year-old Joe Flacco. I don't know how old Joe Flacco actually is. He's, I thought Joe Flacco had retired. Oh, he's 37. Yeah, I was, I was trying to exaggerate going there. over. He's 37. <laughs> the guy who was going to turn the corner is now getting beat out by a 37-year-old Joe Flacco. I rest my case. Uh, all right. Well, Boston Sportsman at the finish Put up. Boston big weekend for the here. Yeah. Big weekend for the Sox. I'm not going to say it. It's it's. I think it's way too late, but. Um, you saw what this Ryan, team could have been Come on with Michael Walker. What are they out of the wild card? Four, four and a half? Four, I believe it's four, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, but I think if you had Michael Walker, you'd probably have a couple more wins. I liked what he saw, what we saw from him. The Yankees are broken, by the way. The, they're, oh, they're, that yes. lineup's nothing without Carpenter and Stanton, and um, that's it for me. On the, I, I won't give them the time of day because of how bad they've been, but I know you're, you're a bigger Red Sox guy than me, so. So two, two quick things on the right. Well, really one on the Yankees, one on the Red Sox. The Yankees collapsing is terrific. Oh, it's Three awesome. and 10 in their last 13. They haven't won a series in the month of August. I was told this team was, I was told a lot of things by New York. I was told this team was a wagon. They might, they were going to catch the Mariners. They were going to be the greatest team of the modern era. They don't even have the best record in the American league right now. That's yep. the Houston Astros who might actually be a wagon. So love watching the Yankees collapse. That's always fun. The reason I want to do a Boston sports minute though, is because there was a tweet from the Red Sox. This was like right before we hopped on. I think it was around like three o'clock. They tweeted out a graphic of Raphael Devers that says the only player in the majors with 25 plus home runs and 30 plus doubles in each of the last three full seasons. And the caption to the tweet is there's only one Raffy. The reason I bring that up. They better pay him. <laughs> That kind of, you know, there's only one Raffy now because this is what, here's why this ticked me off. There's, there is only one Raffy. You're right. He's a unique player. He's a unique player. And I understand. Arguably the best left-handed hitter in baseball. MVP candidate. MVP, like perennial MVP candidate. I know he's not this year because guys are having insane seasons, but insane seasons, but he's going to be an MVP candidate down the road multiple times. What ticked me off, and, and I get saving money in other places, right? You don't just throw money at everybody. Like, again, Boston. Ben, and, Alex, ben Intendi, no, no, but listen, like, Ben Intendi was just here, right? And there was some talk about, well, did they trade him too early? I was fine. Like, Andrew Ben Intendi's not a guy you pay, especially when you have Alex Verdugo, who's redundant, right? But the reason you don't pay those guys is so you can back up the Brinks truck for a guy like Raphael Devers, because as the Red Sox correctly noted in their tweet, there's only one Raffy. And here's why this kills me, Ryan, because we saw it with Mookie. We saw it with John Lester. We, we're seeing it right now with Xander Bogarts. Those are guys that there's only one. There's only one John. Uh, yeah, there's only one John Lester. There's only one Xander Bogarts. There's only one Mookie Betts until, until the nerds get involved and they break out their fake math stats. And all of a sudden, you know, well, yeah, there's only one Raffy until well, you get, you get three or four quad A players. I was going to say, give you combine half them. The produ- right. Who will give you half the production, but for 10th the price. And, oh, well, that's better value. Like That's Tampa that, Bay for you. That tweet ticked me off so much because 
it should be everything that's right with Boston. It should be, there's only one Raphael Devers and he's here because we're the Boston Red Sox and we pay these guys, right? But no, there's only one Raphael Devers until Hyam Bloom gets his hands on his contract and all of a sudden they're replacing him with four or five guys making a tenth of the money. And it's not, it's ultimately not as good, but hey, we saved a couple bucks here and there. Sent me up a freaking wall with that tweet. And that one, along with the Nesson 360 tweet, need to come back when he inevitably gets traded wrongfully this offseason. Yep, it's unfortunate. It really is. And, and, you know, they didn't pay these guys so they could have an opportunity to keep these guys around. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what, what happens with the two of those. But uh, dull time in, in Boston sports, um, obviously just training camp and, and lousy August baseball. But I think these will be fun uh, come October, November, uh, when we have some some Bruins, Celtics kind of getting going. But other than that, I think that, that that wraps us up for today. We'll both be down at camp tomorrow, so so to check into us for for some updates. Um, as well as a kind of a, a joint practice breakdown afterwards, we'll we'll figure out a time that works for us. I'd, I'd probably say sometime around this time. Probably, um, yeah, five five or six, depending on how late it goes. Yeah, I think so, this too, like Evan. So this this is fun now. I get to throw Evan under the bus because he's not here. <laughs> Although it, last time I made that joke, everybody got mad in the comments. It's all good with me and Evan. I talked to him today. We, we get along perfectly fine. But you guys are best friends. Will you stop? Evan Evan <laughs> liked doing the three or four o'clock show because he wanted to be done earlier, but. I value our live audience. I know more people can watch around this time. So I want to do that. I always wanted to do the show at this hey, I'm, time. I'm the, I'm the rookie here. So now, I, I now we it, can do it. a little more of that. That's true. I have more say now. So yes, you do. So, uh, well tune in, tune in tomorrow. We'll, uh, we'll break down some actual football. Actual tomorrow. It gets real. Yep. One of my favorite days of training camp. I'm not a big training camp guy, but I love the joint practices. So, 